Welcome to Hospitality From Within podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kim Lerner, leadership coach and professor for the hospitality industry. In this space, we'll be covering a rainbow of topics to support you in learning how to show up for yourself first so you can show up for others, giving you coaching guidance and inviting in collaborators to join me in conversation that are paving the way to a more sustainable industry. Now let's let the learning and the storytelling begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Hospitality from Within. I'm really excited to have um, Jasmine Parks Papadopoulos um, on today's show with me um, to have a collaborative conversation about her journey through hospitality um, and to be able to share all of her insights that she's learned along the way. Welcome, Jazz. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Um, So to start the momentum of today's episode, I like to know what my guests are celebrating, recognizing, or proud of in this moment in time. I love this question. (laughs) I think I'm going to make a mental note to ask more people what they are celebrating. Uh, I think I'm celebrating the small wins. Uh, Being able to look at the little picture and being present in the little picture is a very new process for me. And um, being able to sit with little victories instead of looking at the big picture and the next big thing has been a a big plot twist (laughs) in my story. So celebrating the little W's. Oh, I love that. I, you know, uh, actually most of people that I speak to, they always get really uncomfortable when I ask them what they're celebrating because we always have this narrative in our head that it has to be that big thing. Um, mm-hmm. But in order for us to get to the the top of the mountain, we actually have to take a lot of steps. Um, even if we feel like sometimes the steps haven't, ma- haven't made us budge or like, you know, don't have the shiny light on them. So I yeah. love that you are in this place and thank you for sharing. Um, I'm actually really excited to see how celebrating the little wins um, impacts you and, and your journey. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, all right. So let's get a little bit into your your journey. Um, I know that you have uh, you started your career in hospitality as a chef um, and then took a step out of operations. Um, and so I'm going to actually let you share um, what that journey was, where you started and anything that was like really impactful that you learned along the way. And if you are comfortable sharing some of the things that were really vulnerable and hard, um, just because I think a lot of times we all feel like the hard thing is too hard to do. So if we know that somebody else has done it, we know that we can also do it too, but only share as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Thank you. I appreciate that. I uh, would probably challenge that my career in hospitality started way before that. I am a third generation chef and uh, I was raised by a chef father who parented very much like he chefed. And um, my first forays into the culinary arts were in Europe, which is a is a completely different beast, at least when I left um, to what my experience was like in the United States. So mm, I think I, I pretty much thrived and really, really fit in in a culture of chaos and dysfunction. And I in periods where my career was doing the best, my mental health was often at a at a steady decline in a way that I couldn't focus on it, look at it, or really even have 
the language to verbalize why that was and what I could do about it. So I stopped working in the hospitality industry about three years ago, which is just about uh, as long as I've been with Chow. And I largely credit Chow for my reintegration into society. I relate to a lot of what you just stated because I have a bachelor's in marketing and it never occurred to me that I had another job to fall back on when I left the industry as a product of the great resignation. I worked through half of the pandemic and I don't think I would have made it through the other half. And so I started going to child discussion meetings because even though I had been in therapy for a long time, it felt like a lot of the conversations that we were having in therapy, they they didn't exactly fit for me, talking to somebody about practicing boundaries and practicing self-care in an industry that so strongly disincentivizes those things and had never not nurtured those skills within me, but actually beat them out of me. Um, It was incredibly hard for me to make progress at therapy with someone who wasn't in recognition and didn't have background information as to how it worked. I mean, it's it's lovely. They're they're absolutely key principles, um, important and insightful, but they didn't feel appropriate to me at the time. So it wasn't until I joined child discussion groups and I could see people talking about the same things that I was talking about and experiencing the same struggles that I was experiencing that I was able to start a journey of what I've been calling long-term emotional recovery. Um, I mentored the way that I was mentored. I Mm. incited a lot of uh, violence, bad habits, um, and there has been a lot of space for making amends for those behaviors, learning something different, being what I believe is an instrumental part into changing the culture and building a sustainable workforce for hospitality workers, both through the work that I do with Chow and the work that I do with myself and my own business. And um, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like one. I mean, thank you so much for for sharing it. And and I sort of like got some goosebumps at moments of of, you know, the the stepping out of the way and the narrative that we have been taught over generations. And, you know, even no matter what sort of country and culture, um, there's still sort of like these underlying ways where and and rhetoric that just like doesn't support us as humans that are also growing and evolving. And I think that, you know, in where our industry stands now, and I'm I'm grateful for this, that there's so many people like you and, you know, child group and so many more of paving the way to a more sustainable future um, for hospitality workers that, and, you know, not that not only are going to impact hospitality workers, but truly, I believe will impact anybody who is sort of in that community with that person. Um, and so I'd love to also just touch a little bit further of of this this uh, concept of community because it seems like you thankfully found the one that really helped you, even though you had invested in yourself um through the support of a therapist, um, which is also really daunting. Um, I can say for myself, I went through that journey and um, I'm so grateful for my therapist because I truly would not be where I am and who I am today without that support. But, you know, really tuning into 
that community and that finding that space where you know that it's like, like, like other people are feeling the same thing. So sort of what did community do for you and, and how did you even find Joe? Uh, I love this question. And uh, you, you got my bread and butter right here because I'm my official title in Chow is head of community, because this is exactly what I am passionate about in all of my professional capacities. Community building is the one that I'm the most passionate about, uh, probably because I was a great product of marginalization and isolation. And mm-hmm. I, I saw felt firsthand how individuals begin to thrive when they are just perceived. All you have to do is just be perceived. Um, So a big part of what I do in Chow and in my own business is to take these models of how do we create communities where folks feel supported, feel like they have an active role of participation in this community, you Mm -hmm. know, skin in the game um, and turn these into brave spaces for everybody to participate and to support each other. Um, I, I love this. Take me back to your, to your last question, because I went on a passionate tangent. (laughs) What was the last question? I love passionate tangents. And those are the most impactful. The last question was, how did you find Chow? How did I find Chow? So I was working as an executive chef and head of uh, food and beverage for a pretty high profile hotel Mm -hmm. group. And um, most corporate settings have you do kind of a a monthly training, you know, that you can um, teach your staff something either about safety, education, there's different parameters for it that corporate then looks at. And so I was doing this research, my team was struggling a little bit, I didn't have uh, the language or the tools around that. In fact, I probably had just enough Uh, foresight and self-awareness to know that any conversation that came from me around taking breaks and all of that would be largely detrimental and not well received. So I did a little bit of research, you know, is anyone talking about mental health? What are Mm -hmm. other folks doing? And I landed on this Facebook page for Chow. So I reached out, you know, I asked what the meetings look like. I, you know, typed up a proposal took it to the leader on top of me and said, hey, I would love to talk to my staff about this organization. You know, they're in Denver. It's an hour and a half drive away. I'd like to get everybody in a car and take them to a meeting. The answer to that was a resounding no. We are not going to be opening conversations where, you know, and we hear this still when we Mm -hmm. tell folks, do a temperature check with your team, you know, during pre-shift, see how everyone is doing. And we hear, okay, but if someone's not doing well, what am I supposed to do if I don't have the resources to send them home? So what is the point of asking a question that I cannot meet with resources or follow through? Which is a super fair question, by the way, Mm -hmm. because that's how the industry is currently structured. This is why we're trying to move things around to make room for these concessions and for people to show up as whole human beings. So I ended up putting Chow in my back pocket. And I didn't use this resource at all. Once I left the industry, I decided that I wanted to, I didn't want to leave the industry altogether. I had this marketing experience. I had worked in advertising before. So I wanted to pivot to consulting and coaching. Mm -hmm. So I uh, went back to school. Um, I started doing individual coaching for a while. Once I had that under my belt, I reached out to Chow and I said, is this a volunteer organization? Do you need anybody to moderate groups? I now have the education to support that. I would like to volunteer my time to be able to do that. Um, 
slowly my role, I was, I was trained to host groups. And one of the things that I really love about Chow is that we are all unilaterally trained on all of the same things so that we can support each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I quickly found that holding capacity for a large group that way, I was just not at a point in my journey where I could support that. And so I said, you know, I have marketing support is actually, it was Aaron who said, you have marketing support, <laughs> can you, yeah. you have marketing experience. Can you support <laughs> That. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. I do. I have that bachelor sitting up on a, on a yeah. shelf. <laughs> well, it, you know, the testament to, to the progress here is that two years ago, three years ago, I received this, uh, this training through Chow and I felt like holding the container for folks was too much outside mm -hmm. of my emotional capacity and breadth of emotional intelligence at the time. In the last year, I have founded and operate women's circles with groups in similar size with absolute capacity to be able to do that. Because having found Chow, I was then able to show up as an attendee and engage in those conversations that were instrumental to making positive changes in, in my life experience, especially the way I was feeling at the time. That's really uh, incredible. And there's so much that I kind of want to just like pull out from there of knowing what, um, that that one, it's like, it's also okay to know your limits, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you you hit on this and and we are still very much in a place of learning how to accept somebody's boundary and limit of this is as much as I can handle. And I just want to sort of put that even into perspective of anybody that is still in service or that is their path, right? There's as long as you're you're fulfilled and happy is even though you are in service, like physical service in whichever way, form, role you're in, there's still a capacity that you have. Like you, if you allow it to completely uh, pour over is where we reach that burnout and that like mental instability where we just feel like, how do we, how do we keep going? And I'm just so unhappy here. And it also plays that role in your community, right? Like, and that is not only in, you know, these community groups, but I look at community as just even like my collective of humans that are my support, personal support group that I know I can always call on. But when somebody tells me I actually don't have the capacity right now to support you in the way that you need to be supported, I have to respect that. Um, and more importantly, when I as an individual do not have the capacity, whether it is truly my friends, my family, my niece and nephew, who are like these tiny little human beings that need so much support. Um, and even my coaching clients, like if I don't have the capacity to give in a way that I know will be helpful, I have to learn how to say, this is actually as much as I can do right now. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to either come back or evolve or grow. Um, and another thing that you, you pointed out on your journey was also that, that part of the evolution of getting yourself resources. I admire you for going back to school. Um, what did you go back to get your degree? And I'm just curious. Thank you. Uh, I got a certification in wellness coaching. I, um, I am not a lifelong learner. I admire people who are lifelong learners. I have a very short tolerance uh, for learning, <laughs> probably <laughs> because I spent, uh, you know, to me, learning was anything that I imparted while yelling and throwing things in my last yeah. in the kitchen at someone else who was just large, largely absorbing that. And so 
I was a hundred percent unsure that this was going to be the right step for me. But it turns out that while I was doubting my soft skills, I also have incredible perseverance because I can stand on my feet for 16 hours a day without drink <laughs> or breaks. So, um, what, what was, you know, uh, 18 month certification program, I managed to kind of just hash it out in, in six months of staying at home with my kids who did not return to school while my husband was deployed. Um, and I was like, let's, let's figure out where this goes. That has largely uh, changed in the last uh, two years. I have few individual clients uh, mm -hmm. to me for, you know, empowerment coaching and more clients that come to me centered around building community in their business for ethical consumption and sustainable consumption in an emotional, non-environmental way. Um, and it has been a, gosh, a huge pivot that would not have been at all possible with exactly what you said, resources around me. Folks have the ability to see things in you and pull things out of you that you have just largely been ignoring. And that was mm -hmm. absolutely in fact, let me reframe that from personal experience. I have been met by people who have seen things in me and pulled them out of me at a time where I'm not a very self-deprecating -dep person, but I am uh -huh. a very, I think, um, I assess myself often. I'm, I love what you said before about capacity. I was never able to evaluate capacity or where to even draw it from while I was in the industry, because my internal temperature gauge was probably broken, you know, if not from birth, then from, yeah. you know, my, my family of origin and, um, gosh, I, I don't know that I would have been able to evaluate it at the time. So having folks who check me, support me, you know, see me on the outside and who can say, Hey, you know, you're really good at organization. Did you know that about yourself? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I always finish my, my prep list first. And, you know, I helped my siblings with their homework and, oh, yeah, I am. I'm really good at organization. I see that. Um, it's incredible. And these are things that, you know, while I didn't have those mirrors around me, that's what mm -hmm. the people that I respect and admire around me are for myself. They're mirrors. Yeah. And while I didn't have those mirrors, everything was just a blind spot. Life was a blind spot. Yeah, no, that's so... Oh my gosh. It's so much, so much good stuff there too is, is, you know, I just, uh, I get to see Jazz's face and smile and, and, <laughs> and, and body, um, sort of language right now. And I just have to reflect back to you that the, the smile that you just had on your face when you, when you alone accepted and acknowledged that you're good at organization because it's been reflected back to you. Like that to me is also the magic is like, just even as humans in general, we have a really, really hard time accepting that we are really good at this like whole spectrum of things. Um, I, you know, so far out of my comfort zone, even like, yeah, I am an insane project manager and an incredible coach. And now I am teaching and my lifelong dream of being a professor is somehow like landed in my lap quite literally. And, you know, but what I really just want to do right now is like create with my hands. So I started making like bracelets and I hand painted cards this morning, you know, <laughs> but it made me feel so good. And so just a reminder to everybody that we actually have this full spectrum of, of skill sets that some may be beneficial in terms of business development or, you know, your skill set in your career, but 
it doesn't all have to be about that either, right? And so remembering that we have these pieces and tools that our mental health is so important to take care of in any which way. And so if you are somebody that is tangible, um, you know, you want to use your hands and create, but you don't want to be chopping, you know, and, and making food, what's another way for you to be able to use those, those parts of you in a way that are just like creative and fun and not so like serious, a little bit like it's this like meditative flow that you're like not overthinking anything. Um, and that perfectionist side of you, if we all are perfectionists our own way, um, doesn't come out. Um, and, you know, I think just also want to express the like, the courage to be able to go back and get um, some sort of education degree, taking a course, like giving ourselves more structure in other areas that we are interested in that we can actually already tap into our resources and our knowledge and our skill set, but just in another way. And it doesn't have to be so scary because it doesn't mean that you're actually fully leaving your industry. You're just actually potentially supporting it and your community in another way, right? And like, then everybody gets to tap back into you, but in like a more sustainable way for you, um, <laughs> which I think is incredible. And um, I just really appreciate that you've really invested in that. And I also love that it's an 18 month program, but you did it in six. So <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> Overachieving chef life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> And so is there anything else that you want to share in regards to um, the work that you are doing with Chow or that y'all are sort of working towards or even in, in, in your coaching business as well? Like, is there any information um, that you're like, I want to make sure that these listeners have this information at their fingertips, including resources or just like what to look forward to? Absolutely. Uh, I would, anybody who's listening, uh, do me a solid and do yourselves a solid and take a 30 second walkthrough of the Chow website, which is a wealth of information. Um, I know that Chow is primarily known for the Chow discussion groups, which are, you know, a great free of cost way to build community around yourself and have conversations with folks who really get it because they come from uh, largely the same walk of life that you come from. Um, but there's so much more to that. There are absolutely resources uh, available for financial, emotional, environmental wellness, all of the ways that you can think to invest in your overall wellness and your mental health are present on the website. We have education, upcoming events. So I urge everyone to just, if the, the discussion meeting is not your vibe, you will probably find something else that is up to your speed or or you know, the vibe that you feel like um, we largely develop this programming to be able to meet folks where they're at. It's not a one size fits all. Um, and what I love the most about Chow is that our definition of food, beverage, hospitality is all inclusive. Mm -hmm. So that means chefs, servers, bussers, but also students and folks who are working at Whole Foods stocking the grocery shelves and people who, you know, live on a farmer's market schedule because they have a home kitchen. And there is a place where you will largely be understood and be met with the vocationally specific resources necessary to begin to tackle those vocationally specific challenges that we face on a day-to-day -day basis in a way that is so different than other industries. That's awesome. And 
it is not only based in Denver. So I just want to make sure that that's clear to everybody. I, um, it is, there's most of the meetings are zoom now, right? All of the meetings okay, are, cool. yep, are uh, accessible on zoom as is our education and any of the resources that you might need are free downloadable PDFs on our website. That's awesome. And I can say I've attended a few meetings and I definitely felt very supported. Um, and, you know, I think that also, you know, giving something a try and seeing if that's the right community for you or way to access your community is important because I remember attending some of the meetings and it was too much emotional load for me um, at some times, but then pulling back and tapping into other resources just made me feel really like, oh, there's so much support here. This is amazing. It doesn't necessarily always have to be uh, connected in that way um, to somebody else and be sharing that energy space. Um, is there anything that you also want to share around your business that we can just make sure that if there people are looking for community support, how, how can they access yeah. you? <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Thank you for asking. Um, you can check out the women's circle network on Instagram. One of the, uh, ways that I give back to the communities that I build is besides working with, uh, consulting and community building with brands, organizations, and individuals is I run women's circles. And these are um, two hour long Zoom meetings uh, bi-weekly so far, where we just kind of gather and talk about what the female experience looks like in the professional world and in our own emotional landscape. Um, and we have phenomenal transformative conversations about how we can support each other outside of the circle as well in all of those ways. And these are free as well. So you can feel free to check out my website or social media and find the next women's circle happening. That's incredible. I just want to point on one thing, which was so helpful for me when I was looking for community, um, to get more support and just even expand, like, the viewpoint of what happens like outside of the hospitality world is sometimes finding yourself also in circles with people who are not doing the same thing as you career-wise, but have the same interests is also really expansive um, and can pull you out of this sort of loop that we're in. Um, and to sort of pulling it back to that reflection is like, when you do get to connect with people who actually don't understand what you go through on a daily basis and vice versa, but they reflecting back to you that energy that you're still shining bright or that you have these like resources and skill sets can be really impactful as well. And sometimes a little bit lighter of sort of just like sharing the energy field. So, um, yes. yeah, <laughs> I just want to like give people extra permission to like, we can tap, we have so many different communities that we can tap into and really just, you know, showing up to see which one fits best for you in this moment in time. And again, back to like, we evolve and so do our needs and our interests and like how we're fulfilled. You can change that up too, you know, like whatever you need in that moment in time. All right. So I have one last question. <laughs> I have one last question for you um, is you've definitely had quite a journey through leadership um, from being in restaurants to leading yourself um, into uh, out, outside of service, um, more into a community that's aligned and as well as into a coaching business. So what does leadership mean to you in in this sort of like present moment in time? 
This one is probably one of the most challenging questions that I have ever been asked, um, probably because of my own personal journey. When I first uh, came to Chow, I said to Aaron, once I realized that the groups were outside of my capacity at the moment, I said, I am not able to work with other people yet. I I, I know that what the leader that I was before um, was damaging, outdated, needed more work, but I have no idea what the next part of leadership looks like for me. And I cannot work with other people. I cannot be left around other people until I figure that out for, for myself. And that, that was a two-year period mm. where, to me, coaching is largely walking alongside somebody. It is not. Um, it is not essentially leadership. It is just holding up a safe mirror so that you can, you know, look and ask insightful questions and have essentially it's having somebody on your team. That's how. That's how I perceive coaching. So it's not me leading you a certain way or demonstrating qualities that that are going to largely incite a reaction out of you to. Uh, propel yourself forward. It is someone walking alongside you. So the big question for me for for the last three years has been, what is leadership? What does it mean? How does it feel? Um, and how do I let go of this very old idea that you know leadership is terrorizing someone until they do what what you want? <laughs> leadership is <being laughs> the loudest person in the room so that your voice is the only one being heard leadership is throwing something when you are not being heard. Um, and I have largely avoided framing myself as a leader up until recently so that I didn't have to um, not explore what it means to me because I do a lot of that internally, but to not put myself in a boiling pot of hot water where old behaviors can resurface and that I can do damage to other people. Um, so I will tell you that as a person in long-term emotional recovery, this is still a question that I ask myself all the time. I do not know what leadership is, but at the centerpiece of my leadership capacity nowadays, uh, the only word that I have found is compassion, mm -hmm. compassion for myself that while I'm leading, I'm also still learning and unlearning at the same time, which requires a lot of flexibility, resilience, and compassion. And compassion to other folks um, who are maybe a couple of steps behind me and looking for me to, to pave the way. My daughter said, um, I have a nine-year-old and she's uh, exceptional. She's got the sass of 15 people in one. Um, she's one of the people that I admire the most. She came out with firm boundaries. She was created with firm boundaries. She knows herself better at the age of nine than I do at almost 40. And um she recently said to me, I, I got short in explaining something to her and, and she said, okay, but you're going to have to explain it to me slower because it's my first time here. And I was like, your first time here? I was like, we've had this conversation. She's like, here, it's my first time here. And for those of you that can't see it, I'm pointing my <laughs> finger around wildly at the universe. And I was like, ha. Huh. And even adults, right? Like all of, even me that should have known better about, you know, leadership through terrorizing people. It was my first time there. Mm. <laughs> A lot of compassion uh, is the only centerpiece that I have found so far as I am exploring the long-term definition that's going to stick with me in terms that, of. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, 
I also just want to remind you too, that leadership, your definition will probably evolve as you evolve and continue to, um, so give yourself grace and, um, and that compassion that you define it as because, um, truly the one, one thing that I have found through my leadership journey is it has really changed each, you know, and again, some days it's the same words and some days I just have to tack on other ones because that just helps me stay in that grounded. I'm here to learn and teach every day. And if I'm feeling anything less or different than that, then that means I have to give, like, I have to maybe give myself a little bit more padding. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for sharing um, I'm excited, you know, for you to continue to discover what that means. And thank goodness, I always believe that having kids surrounding us in life, honestly, it teaches us so much. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not a mother yet, but I have a niece and nephew who are very young and my nephew's at the stage where he asks why about everything, um, <laughs> everything. And it's just a great reminder of like, they're, you know, they're at their most authentic selves. So we just have been programmed and like, we are taking in all of what society is teaching us that doesn't apply to us. And so we also get to ask why as often as we need in order to feel confident so that we can lead with compassion. That is absolutely so true. I I love that outlook. I don't know if you've, uh, have you seen the Barbie movie this year? I did. And um, I have a lot of opinions about it. <laughs> Same. Same. Uh, one of those mixed opinions is, uh, you know, the the line at the very end, there's no spoilers here for those of you who somehow have in 2023 not seen the Barbie movie, but, um, you know, us mothers stand still so that our daughters can see how far they've come. And that line made me immediately emotional, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my growth and all of that has had to do with evaluating my family of origin and my own mother and how I feel about motherhood. But then once I kind of uh, took that apart, because I don't fundamentally believe that anybody sits still, it it became so clear to me that idea of passing the torch forward is essentially, even with leadership, what we are doing to the children and all of the eyes that are watching and the ears that are listening to us is literally just saying, I can take it another three steps. Let me pass it to you. You take it another three. Let me take a rest and I will take another three. And this idea that we can, with the wealth of our own experience, framing us as subject matter experts, we can take it a couple more steps, pass it along, let someone else do what they're good at. They can pass it back. And maybe that is what leadership is, passing it back and forth uh, with the things that we know in a collaborative sense until it just goes further and further down the line with no one having to sit still. Oh, I love that. It's a relay. As a runner, I'm like, yeah. ooh, it's like a marathon relay. I love that analogy. You can tell that I'm not a, a, a <laughs> person or an athletic person because I probably could have said that better. <laughs> no, it was so good. I was like, ooh, I like this. I may like, I may adapt some of this. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having a collaborative conversation with me and being open and vulnerable and honest and Um, I look forward to more conversations with you. I, and, you know, to join each other's community, even, even further now that we're connected. Um, and I will, we'll make sure in the show notes that we share, um, chow information, uh, the information about your business, um, as well as if there's any other resources that you feel like you want to send over, we'll make sure that's all, um, added into the show notes for, uh, our listeners to tap into. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day, Jazz. You as well. 
Thank you for being here. I hope you were inspired by this episode. I invite you to share it with someone from your collective if you feel like it'll resonate with them. For more resources to fill your toolkit, visit www.onlyyummyalways.com. We'll see you next time.